So before we crack on with episode 12, um, just a little heads up from myself and Amy that there could be some triggers in this episode because we're going to be talking, well actually Amy's really going to be talking really frankly about her initial um, stay at the Priory and how the process happened for her um, getting admitted to the Priory. So as ever, please do check the show notes. There are links to Samaritans of Mind, but also keep getting in touch with us. Um, we love hearing from you and obviously if you've got any further questions after this episode please ping them through either on the gmail or the insta account which we'll give at the end of the episode and also as a little heads up we promised we would be looking after ourselves um, doing this podcast so as ever after six episodes we're going to take a little break um, probably just for a couple of weeks Um, but if you've got any questions or anything you want us to talk about for the next six episodes or further in the future please do get in touch and um, we've been super super busy we are um, guesting on the kindness project podcast we've been on phoenix fm the link um, is available um, and we'll make sure that we swap and change it with the podcast link so people can access it if you just want to know a little bit about the podcast before you really delve into it um, but as ever please enjoy episode 12 as we say there could definitely be some triggers in this one because it is talking about being admitted um with your mental health but we do hope you enjoy it um and yeah speak soon hello welcome to episode 12 this is a super exciting episode because amy and i are sat next to each other in the same room which is actually in my house social distancing of course well, yes, socially yes. distanced, of course, lots of vented windows and everything. But we're actually next to each other, which after 11 episodes of doing everything virtually, doing it over Zoom and, and then recording, we've been able to see each other, but actually be right next to each other. It's pretty amazing. It's really nice and it makes such a difference to be able to hopefully with this episode bounce off each other and just yeah have a nice physically bounce off each other physically bounce physically. off each other and have a cup of, a cup of tea and a cup, coffee yes. with each other it's, it's nice. amazing it's amazing right well um let's get down to business today um today's been a pretty cool day for us we've just done a, a live uh, chat with phoenix fm which is a local radio station um to us um, about the podcast and on the back of that we've decided we're going to talk about Amy and her journey at the Priory um, and I'm hoping she's going to dispel some um, uh, myths. myths that I had about uh, what the Priory is and what happens. So um Enjoy this one as ever. You know, please do refer to the show notes if there are any triggers. Um, there are links to Samaritans of Mind. Um, but also, please, you know, get in touch with us if you've got questions for Amy on the back of this. Um, you know, please contact us on Instagram or on the email. We'll do all that on the uh, outro part. So you've got those. So, Amy, I really want to know do you get locked in your room at the Priory? Good question, Sam. Um, no, believe it or not, no, you don't get locked in your room uh, in the Priory. Um, 
so just going back to the beginning of when I sort of, you know, I, I was sectioned in the NHS hospital um, and, you know, they, they weren't going to send me home. It was made quite yeah. obvious that, you know, they wanted to keep a very close eye on me and they made the decision for me to go to a, you know, an NHS mental health hospital. Um, and it's only because my mum and my aunt both said to me, you know, look, you've got private medical with work and to all the listeners yeah. out there, you know, I'm very fortunate to have that. Um, and if anyone out there, you know, has chosen not to opt in to private medical, I'd, you know, strongly advise you to opt in because it honestly gave me the opportunity to go to the Priory um, for free, ultimately. Yeah. Um, you know, that they, they covered the costs. Um, and obviously, I'm sure everyone's heard about the Priory and, and what the Priory is. And I think when I told Sam, one of her first questions to me was, is anyone famous there? So bad. That is <laughs> so bad. But at the time, I wasn't going through, well, I was going through a mental health journey, but I didn't really know that at the time. So let's let's not judge myself too much. No, don't, don't judge yourself at all, because actually it was one of the first questions. I remember sitting in the, the ambulance on the way there because I got a, um, a transfer. So the ambulance transferred me through, and I remember going on the way there and... I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if anyone famous was there. <laughs> I remember a few weeks before I'd read an, uh, read an article that Katie Price had been there after Christmas um, for some of her mental health issues. Um, and, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. And I remember turning up and I was – I went to the one in Roehampton, um, which is the original one, and it's like a big white castle. It was oh. like something out of Harry Potter. Um, it was beautiful. It had lovely grounds. It had, you know – green grass it had lovely grounds um it had a gym you know it had a swimming pool so sorry to interrupt did you get to pack for this what no 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 packing um and that's the funniest part actually then i got told i was going to the priory so that was on the monday i got said yep yeah, authorized you can go then and you're, so you're in the nhs hospital at the moment yeah Okay, so all I've got with me at that point is what my family and my friends have been bringing me. Um, and, you know, in their heads, I'm going home soon, you know, because I'm yeah. telling them that I'm telling them in my state of psychosis, I'm coming home. And every time they turned up to come and sort of pick me up, that's when I turn around and go, oh, no, I'm not coming home today. So they were bringing me bits and pieces. But, you know, I had two pairs of pyjamas, um, a couple of pairs of tracksuit bottoms, some hoodies, um, a toothbrush, shampoo and conditioner, I had no makeup, I had nothing. And I turned up to the Priory because I had to get a, they wouldn't let my family take me, I had to get an ambulance escort because I was sectioned. Right, okay. So they had to drive me to the Priory. So I turned up and honestly, Sam, I had two Tesco's carrier bags <laughs> and a Nike rucksack, right? <laughs> so I walked in and the ambulance had taken me quite early. Yeah. They'd taken me about half 11, 12 o'clock, but check-in, the Priory has a check-in, by the way, that's how sort of posh it can be, check-in wasn't till four o'clock. Right. So I arrived there, and basically I just had to wait. Um, so I was told to sat and wait in a lobby, and it has a cafeteria, so get myself a drink or whatever. But so is the cafeteria free? No, not, so okay. you, you get free drinks and stuff if you're, um, a patient yeah if someone comes in then you'd have to pay so the cafeteria itself isn't so you free. had to go with a bit of money yeah so luckily yeah. i did have money so my family again had given me sort of 20 quid yeah um and it's not like they couldn't come to the priory so i was going to visit them um so yeah they 
and I sat there and I had my two Tesco's carrier bags and my Nike rucksack. I had a pair of cream tracksuit bottoms on, right. a pair of trainers and just a Primark uh, t-shirt. And I still remember it. And I was sat there and it was a really hot day. Okay. And the first experience I had was I sat in, there's a little bit of a shady bit, like in the, um, in the lobby. So I sat there because it's glass windows, it's beautiful, bright sunny day. And this, and this boy comes over to me lovely boy well it wasn't at this this time i got to know him really well anyway he said to me is this your first day and i said yes i'm just waiting to be checked in he said you don't want to be here <gasps> and i said no no i don't want to be here actually he was like trust me they're all poisonous um i'd watch your back i'd watch what um they say to you because they try and play games with you um i'd be really careful about where you put your stuff because they nick it um I'd keep your bags close to you. Um, they'll try and lock you in your room, so just like be really careful. Um, and I just remember thinking, and I text Charlotte, and I was like, I can't stay here. And she was like, you you have to stay there. Um, and that was one of the first experiences I so had. So how was that? So knowing knowing deep down at this stage you have to be there because you've now been committed and this has to be part of your treatment programme, you're... I suppose hearing that story for me, that is what I imagine, you know, going into a mental institution, mm -hmm. however we want to call it, or going in, you know, that's what that story just makes me think, well that's that's what it's gonna be like. Yeah. You're you're in a place full of nutters yeah. that are got their own issues but they're going to bring them to you and you're potentially going to pick up on those issues and suddenly their issues become your issues yeah and you know what my, my first sort of three or four days 100 percent were a massive eye-opener for me so when you first arrive and once i had done sort of check-in i had that interaction with with the boy and he was only young at the time so i got to know him and he was only 17 so you know it, it says says a lot did you think so so i've got so many questions around this did you, when he approached him, started saying this to you, did you know that what he was saying wasn't right? Or was he able to sort of tap onto some sort of your psychosis level and almost feed that state that you're in and you go, yeah, I don't, like you say, you text Charlotte saying, I don't want to be here. Is it because you didn't want to be around people like that or what he was saying was making you go, oh my god that's going to happen to me they're going to nick my stuff they're going to play games with me you know what i think it's i think it comes down to the fear of the unknown and the fact is yes i was in a state of psychosis so and i'm sure and, and like i spoke on the, the radio station earlier sam the priory to some people is people walking around in you know white straight jackets mm. um, being guided by a doctor with a mask on and gloves on and locking you in the, your room and mm. you're just sitting in a room yeah. and you've got four walls and that's all you've got and yeah and that is that idea so when the boy said that to me and we had that interaction of course that fed into my you yeah. know my, the, the fear of the unknown and like the first three days were very much like that you know you you go very much into so once you arrive and you checked in they do what they call a um suicide watch screening right so they ask you a certain amount of questions um you're then put into what they call a safe room um and that room is it, it's quite funny actually because you are there's no windows 
Right. Uh, there is a window, but you can't open them. Right. So that's it, so you can't jump out. Um, you have a shower room, but it's literally a wet room. They don't have a door on it. You have like a, um, a cushion that kind of floats between the door. Okay. Uh, like a soft yeah. mat type thing. Um, again, so you can't hurt yourself. You've got a television, but it's behind a glass screen. Um, and when I say glass screen, it's like um, plastic. So again, yeah. you can't hurt yourself. Yeah. You're not allowed remote controls. Um, they take away your everything that you've got. So I had a razor to you know shave yeah. my legs. That was taken away from me. At this point, I did have my makeup bag. They took that away from me. At this point, I did have my hair straighteners as well. They took them away from me. Um, all my medications were taken away from me. What about shoelaces? Shoelaces, yep. Um, shoelaces are taken away from you. So when this is going, when when you're in this situation and you're you're being categorised, I suppose is the is the blunt word of it, isn't it? You are being categorised as how high risk you are or what risk you are of suicide. As you're having your shoelaces taken away from you, is is that? Did it feel quite sort of alien and a bit? well this isn't needed or is it you know you just going along and whatever was happening you would as we we use, use this phrase earlier bit of a passenger yeah. suddenly this happens you're there you're going through it but you're not active in it you're just the passenger yeah you know it's one of them things because like i said earlier then first three days of me getting checked in me being there being in this safe room it was very much like the passenger journey and the reason that was is because everything was so you know I couldn't when they took my shoelaces and they took my straighteners and you know they took my razor and they locked it and then the funny thing is they put it so they've got underneath your bed you've got like a, a locker yeah and they physically put your stuff in there and then lock it and then take the keys away <gasps> so you're in this bedroom and you know it's underneath the bed all the stuff that you potentially could want is underneath the bed which is even stranger but when they took all that away, I had four doctors in the room with me. So even if I wanted to argue, you know, yeah. it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It was just, I'm a passenger passenger on this ride. They're telling me what they're going to do, and I'm not going to argue it. Because yeah. no matter what I say, no matter how much of a risk I say I'm not, or no matter how much I try to convince them that I'm fine, this was the protocol and this was what was going to happen. Yeah. And I stayed yeah. in that room for three days. I was in the safe room. Um, and what that means is that's 15 minute ops. So every 15 minutes, they will come into that room. What, even when you're asleep? Yep, nighttime, daytime, no matter what you're doing, you are on 15 minute ops. So every, what do you do What do you do for those three days? Do you just sit there and watch TV? So uh, no, you're allowed out, you're allowed okay. onto the grounds, okay. um, but if you go onto the grounds, you'll still be on 15 minute ops. So that means every time you're on the grounds, a nurse will be sat basically within, I don't know, 20 metres of you, just yeah. keeping an eye on you. Um, at night time, 15 minute ops, they'd come into the room. So you'd got you'd fall asleep, and next thing you know, someone's there. You'd fall asleep, someone's there. It was, and they, and you know, when you come out of this safe room and you go into one of the normal, so to speak, rooms, yeah. you're still under observations, but it's hourly. Right. And that does make a difference because after an hour you can be in quite a deep sleep. But how can you fall asleep, you know, in a, in a deep sleep after fifteen minutes? Especially if you're feeling manic or exactly. psychosis. Fifteen minutes 
is not a very long time yeah. at all. You know, you, know, you want to you want to change the TV program. You might I don't know. It might be twelve o'clock at night and you're laying in bed and you've had enough of you know. Breaking under, bad, yeah, breaking <laughs> bad. Homes under the hammer, and you're sitting there and you think you might want to change it, but to change the TV, you have to go and knock on the nurse's door to get them to come and turn the telly over. One way to kill every fifteen minutes, yeah. I guess, yeah. isn't it? My God, I didn't know that. Yeah. So then, first days. three, yeah. So then, the first three days are very, you know, if if you think of the priory and you think of perhaps a mental health hospital and you think of that time, did that, you know, hit all my expectations of, of what I thought it was? Yes, yes, it did. However, after then three days, and once I got to know the nurses on the wards and some of the therapists. My journey completely changed. I was moved into my own room, so I, and it wasn't a safe room, so I could have my hair straighteners, you know, yeah. I could have everything back. Yeah. Um, and I went to therapy for five hours of the day, um, and then I had a one-to-one therapist, and I'd have time out with the nurses, mm. and it was great, and it was my time to have my respite. And there was no pressure to do anything, you know, apart from taking medication at the time that, you know, you need to take medication, it was up to me how I spent my time. And I didn't have people at home, you know, not that they did, but I didn't feel guilty if I stayed in bed till one o'clock. Yeah. No, I didn't feel guilty if I didn't go to the gym. I didn't feel guilty if I, you know, just let someone down because I was in hospital and people had to understand because I was in hospital. Yeah. So for three weeks, three and a half weeks, every plan I'd made, every you know thing that I could potentially feel guilty about had gone. Yeah. And I was just there on my own, having therapy and learning about me again. And that okay. to me was probably one of the biggest things that I ever did. So obviously, I'm. I think it's quite apparent. I'm fascinated by the whole priory thing, and you know. I've, in my lifetime, I've had friends be sectioned, mm-hmm. albeit we're talking 20 years ago, and things like the priory weren't accepted. You know, I was at university or coming out of university. You know, the, somewhere like the priory wasn't accessible to people of my age um, at that time. So all this is quite different, but there's so many similarities to what I remember from going to see my friends that were sectioned. But I think there's a lot more, what what it feels to hear it now is a lot more holistic. It's a lot more, as you say, about finding yourself mm-hmm. rather than just trying to treat somebody to make them normal. It's actually taking it all right back to the beginning. Because part of the reason why I ask about do they lock the doors and things like that, that's what I remember. Yeah. Like I remember going to see a friend who had a, a, psycho, a psychosis moment, well, more than a moment. Um, and I remember being sat in an NHS-run mental ward and seeing this person actually being worse than when they went in because they were clearly picking up on the traits of the people that were around them. And I think maybe, maybe now looking back, maybe this is part of the reason why we have the stigma over mental health that we do, because we used to treat it just as we would do a cold. You give some pills and in a few days you'll be better. But 
actually mental health is a lot it's a lot base there's more basicness to that and I think you really hit now on the head for me is it's about getting to know you and over you know the last 20 years we've had the influx of social media and Instagram and you know we use Instagram for the podcast so we're, we're not here to slate it but what TikTok and all these things are used for are a way of maybe people forgetting who they are yeah and I agree and it's funny you say about your friend actually being in the NHS because as I said at the beginning of this podcast I'm no way near to slate the NHS. If it wasn't for the NHS, um, in many terms, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be here either. No, I don't think either, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not slating the NHS. But when I was first sectioned, they said to me, we're going to send you to this particular hospital. Um, it's called Good Maze. It's based in Ilford. Um, and I'd actually been to Good Maze with a very good friend of mine um, who was sectioned for bipolar the previous year. Right. And I'd managed, because obviously COVID wasn't around, I'd managed to go in and visit her. And honestly, it, they haven't changed, Sam. If you are saying what you're saying 25, 30 years ago, they are I'm exactly... not that old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, 20, years ago, 20, 20 years ago. 20, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. They yeah. have not changed. When I went in there, you know, they had this safe room. And this safe room was a safe room. And when I say a safe room, it was a room. Right. With a glass, not glass, like a plastic, so the doctors could see in, right. but they could not see out, and there was nothing in there. So, and like, that's where they put people who were manic or psychosis. So when we watch things like American Horror Story... That, um, to me, is a mental... That is an NHS mental health okay. hospital. And the sad reality is, you know, the, the sad thing is, when you look at places like the Priory, so obviously mine was paid for by yes. um, my... PMI, private medical, I met a guy in there um, and he actually turned up at the same time as me and he turned up and he had two Louis Vuitton suitcases. Nice. Yep. And a, another little Louis Vuitton hold all thing. Anyway, he was off his tits. He was absolutely paralytic or whatever it was. And he basically paid in cash and he put the, the Louis Vuitton hold all on the desk and he said, I'm paying in cash for the next 28 days. Wow. Um, and I asked him, I got talking to him, I really liked him, got talking to him, and I said to him, I was like, look, how much is it a night? And he said to me, oh, it's £1,200 a night in the Priory. Oh. But they have the people to sit and do five or six hours of therapy with you. They have yeah. the tools to yeah. do creative writing, to, you know, do creative listening, to do yoga, to do meditation, you know, to do um, grief therapy, uh, to do relationship therapy, to do CBT, to do DBT, like the types of therapy I did yeah. was amazing. Yeah. But in the NHS hospital, like my, my poor friend, she was exactly what you said, given the drugs, and all they could do was watch and wait until they worked. Yeah. And yes, yeah, she might have an hour of therapy a week, but that would be it. Yeah. Nothing. And yeah. they haven't got the tools yeah. or the money to do it. Which is, I suppose, it's the thing we always harp back to, isn't it, doing the podcast. We don't want anybody else to get to the point we did. Because as much as there is help out there, if you can get help beforehand, that help is much better. You know, I was lucky I didn't get sectioned. But I, well, we know Chilts was like, you need to be sectioned. I can't, you know, that well, you need help. And I, I was lucky, really lucky. And maybe in COVID, non-COVID times, 
I would have needed to have been sectioned because I would have needed to, as you say, move away from my life and not have anyone else's expectations, not worry about meetings, not worry about what people think of me. Whereas I didn't have to do that in COVID. And my time was my two weeks of sleep. Yeah. And and my respite was that. That doesn't mean to say I didn't get therapy, but you know, I went and sourced, sourced that myself. But then that's another side, which we've then touched on, is the money side is having private medical, great. Being able to afford therapy, great. We know that there's a massive waiting list because you've got a friend at the moment who's waiting, yeah. haven't you? Um, and you, you, if we can capture this moment of whether it's psychosis or manicness or depression or anxiety or you know what whatever it is someone's going through before it starts manifesting so that you know the only route is you know the the real the real real traumatic stuff because no matter what you say is this whole thing about the priory as much as it was lovely after those three days that first three days must have been so traumatic yeah in itself um then hopefully we've done something good, yeah. you know, because it isn't a nice, it isn't a nice journey at all. And I don't think we've covered half of my questions about the priory at all. I think this is a real, I don't know, maybe this is a, a little feeder for episode 13, which will come in two weeks' time. Yeah, because two weeks. Amy and I are going to do our... Um, well-being two weeks where well amy's got some stuff going on which um are we allowed to say that you you've got a new adventure oh coming yeah. up so amy's got a new job to start well done ames thank you um we've both got a bit of holiday coming up um and we're trying to circumnavigate our way around these restrictions changing so you know we're having our as we said we would our week off or two, two I think it's two weeks off oh, anyway yeah we'll, we'll be, yeah you'll see it on Instagram um and I think you know what Amy's talked about today has been marvelous and we could talk about it for hours but I'm acutely aware that there's you know we need to be mindful of how much Amy shares about this but also what you guys are listening to so we're going to drip feed it um I, I'd love to see some of your questions for Amy, so please do get in touch on Instagram um, or on, on our Gmail account, which we'll go through in a minute. Um, and literally, I'm here fizzing with questions that I really <laughs> want to ask you about well, what happens is, what happens at. Um, I'll hand over to you, Amy, just to wrap this one up, I think, you know? Yep, thank you. No, uh, just thank you to all the listeners, um, and I, you know, this is just my story and my experience um, of, of being in hospital and, and being sectioned. Um, if you are worried about anyone or, you know, you yourself is are suffering, um, please speak to someone, whether that be, you know, a GP, a therapist, a friend, a family member. Um, it, you know, it can make the, the world of difference. You don't just have to look to, you know, spending money to, to get that initial help. Um, that's not what the podcast is, you know, promoting and that's not what I'm promoting. Um, um, by doing my story on, on the priory. Yeah. Um, as always, if you you know if you do need to seek some help and you want to speak to someone um, who's professionally trained, please look on the Mind website or also Samaritans. Um, otherwise, have a lovely week and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
So before we crack on with episode 12, um, just a little heads up from myself and Amy that there could be some triggers in this episode because we're going to be talking, well actually Amy's really going to be talking really frankly about her initial um, stay at the Priory and how the process happened for her um, getting admitted to the Priory. So as ever, please do check the show notes. There are links to Samaritans of Mind, but also keep getting in touch with us. Um, we love hearing from you and obviously if you've got any further questions after this episode please ping them through either on the gmail or the insta account which we'll give at the end of the episode and also as a little heads up we promised we would be looking after ourselves um, doing this podcast so as ever after six episodes we're going to take a little break um, probably just for a couple of weeks Um, but if you've got any questions or anything you want us to talk about for the next six episodes or further in the future please do get in touch and we've been super super busy we are um, guesting on the kindness project podcast we've been on phoenix fm the link um, is available um, and we'll make sure that we swap and change it with the podcast link so people can access it if you just want to know a little bit about the podcast before you really delve into it Um, but as ever please enjoy episode 12 as we say there could definitely be some triggers in this one because it is talking about being admitted um with your mental health but we do hope you enjoy it um and yeah speak soon